You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're looking at the ever-present three. The ever-present three. Today, on Words of Encouragement. During Christmas time, there are several different types of people. Uh, there are some who do not like Christmas. I know that's strange. I can't believe anybody who just doesn't like Christmas. Unless they're just getting into all the hustle and the bustle and it just gets so stressful and they're just hoping it'll be over soon. Those types of people, I, I, I understand it, but I don't because, you know, we do it to ourselves. When we run about and try to get things, you know, run all over the place and get stressed out over Christmas... Uh, and we hope it's over soon. Um, but there are, there are all types of people. There are people who decorate their entire home and grounds of the home. There are those who, you know, put a, uh, put a weight on the electricity company. You know, I mean, you know, they draw a little more at, at their home because of all that they decorate with. There are those who go all out with uh, Santa Santa Claus and reindeer, and then there are those that uh, have a huge nativity, and then there are those that have both. I mean, there's all types of people uh, when it comes to Christmas. But in the times in which we live, there are beginning to be, I believe, three types of people that are becoming more thoroughly defined. There was a day when people were not as outspoken and as loud as they are today. I remember those times, and maybe it was because, maybe there were, maybe we've always had people who are loud and outspoken about how they believe, and maybe I was just sheltered from hearing it. Maybe that was the deal. Maybe that's what happened. But it seems to me there are many who are very outspoken and louder than they ever have been in the past. We will always have some who are large uh, crowds and loud crowds of those who share their opinion openly. But it appears that those crowds are becoming larger and more defined and divided in society today. When it comes to Jesus, there and, and there are probably more than three, but I've honed it down to three. Three types of people. There are those who are hostile to Jesus. There are those who are indifferent to Jesus. And then there are those who will worship Jesus. Worship Him with all that they are. And in this morning's text, I think we'll find all three of these. I'm going to ask if you are able and willing to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. May God bless the reading of His Word, and may we hear what His Word has to say to our hearts today. I invite you to be seated. Well, we've seen the little catchy bumper sticker that says, Wise men still seek Him. And it's true. It is true. It's more than bumper sticker theology. But these worshiping wise men sought Jesus. Look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. 
Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Here we have some men from the east, the Bible tells us. There's been great, a great deal of speculation as to who these wise men were. Were they kings? Were they wise men? What we do know is that they were well respected in the pagan world for their knowledge in the cultic arts, especially in astrology, medicine, and dream interpretation of all things. According to, the, according to the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, the word wise refers to those who have special wisdom in reading the stars. So here they are. They're obviously men who watch the stars at night. They don't go home and turn on the TV and watch TV and then go to bed. They're outside watching, looking at the stars. So they seem to have some sort of idea about the prophecy of the coming Messiah. At least they have noticed a star that seems to be new and different. They claim that the one who is born, king of the Jews, has a star and they have followed it. So there is a, there's an inkling that they have an idea about the prophecy of this Jesus. So they've come. They're following this star. They are wise men. They're following a star that is leading them to the king of the Jews. There's something about this star that tells these men, this is important. This is important. This is not something to be avoided, something that, oh, look, a new star. Oh, wow, isn't that nice? No, there's something different about this star. There's something that tells them this is important. The phrasing in verse 2 is really, where is the born king of the Jews? That's really the phrasing in the original text. Where is the born king of the Jews? Ouch. They've come and they've asked the king in that area. They've asked the king, Herod, <laughs> where is the born king of the Jews? This is a slap in the face of Herod. This man is born to be king. Oh, but Herod's like, wait a minute. No, I'm king. I, I, what, what, what? Ah, there's something not right here. Me thinks, me smells something rotten in the house. Something's not right here. This is not, and, and I love that these, these wise men ask this question. Where is the born king of the Jews? The one who rightfully should be king. Where is he? Where is he? They imply Herod is not the rightful one to be king of the Jews. What about you? Are you wise in the respect that you would allow yourself to be interested in the king of the Jews? Will you allow yourself to go and be interested? I mean, just would you allow yourself to be interested in him? There's so many things in this world that we just, oh, look, oh, look, shiny, new, oh, look, sparkly, oh, what's that, oh, what's that? Will you allow yourself to be like one of these wise men who was interested in the king of the Jews? Allow your, will, you, will you allow yourself time 
to investigate this king. Wise people will seek Jesus. The second thing we see, and I got kind of funny with this. Hostile Herod becomes troubled. I call him Hostile Herod because of his attitude. Look at verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, oh, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, the Bible tells us. He's troubled because he is king. If there's another one who is who people think, oh, he's the one born to be king, well then wait a minute, what happens to Herod? Oh, this is not good news at all for Herod. His life will be changed forever. Is it not amazing how the birth of Christ brings the opportunity for everyone to be changed forever? <laughs> Even Herod here. Oh yeah, his life will be changed. This is not good for him. and In a good way, it's, it, it's not good for him. It's, it's bad for him. But isn't it amazing how the birth of Christ affects us? It cha- cha- it, the birth of Christ changes lives. The death of, of Christ on the cross. The, the raising from the dead. Oh my goodness, Jesus changes lives. Herod is troubled about this new king. Jesus is a danger to his own throne. It also mentions that Jerusalem, all of Jerusalem was troubled. Would there be uprisings? Would there be half the people that went for this new king, this one born to be king? Would the other half go for Herod? What was going to happen? Is it, is this, is it, are we going to have a nation divided? Would the... Would the uh, capital be stormed or, or palace be stormed? I mean, what would happen here? Would there be insurrections occurring in Bethlehem? The very stability of the nation was threatened all due to the birth of a little bitty baby. Amazing. Amazing. Look at verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Herod wants to know exactly when this star appeared. When did this star appear? So maybe I can figure out, maybe I can track down when this baby was born. He even pushes the wise men to tell him. The word diligently, I mean, he pushed hard. He said, you tell me, I want to know. He really wants to make sure that if he's going to go after this child, that he gets the right one. He tries, but it's very odd how he's going to take care of this. But he wants to know. Look at verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search, again, here we see this word, diligently, For the young child. And when ye have found him. Bring me word again. That I may come. And worship him also. Oh isn't he wonderful. Herod just sounds so nice. Herod. At this point. Is Eddie Haskell. You remember Eddie Haskell on Leave it to Beaver. Oh Mrs. Cleaver. You sure look nice today. Oh he had all the manners in the world. But behind the parents' back, oh, he was rotten to the core. 
Oh, but he was so nice. And his, oh, oh, I would just love Eddie. He's so nice. Now, look, if you watch that show closely, you knew Mrs. Cleaver knew better. She's like, thank you, Eddie. I mean, you know, she knew. She knew. And there's people like that in this world. And, and Herod is being one of those people not right, right here in this place because he's, he's, oh, I, I want to go worship him too. Let me know. Oh, I want to know so badly where he is. I just, would y'all tell me? I, I just, I really want to do that. And he sounds nice <clears throat> in a way. The word diligently here means in a careful and deliberate manner. So that's what he's saying. You find this child. Carefully, deliberately, you go with your mindset on finding this child. You let me know. I want to know. Notice that hypocrisy. Oh, oh I want to worship him. He thinks he's going to be able to pull something over on God. Really? 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 Do you think he, somebody could pull something over on God? God knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's in your heart. He knows the intent of why you do what you do. He knows your intentions. Whoa. Nobody else knows my intentions, but God does. Oh, we, we like to guess people's intentions. But just do what you're supposed to do. There are people today who are hostile towards Jesus. They do not want to hear his name spoken. I will never forget the couple in the community of the first church I served. I was told not to visit a certain uh, couple because he would abuse his wife if I did. If anybody came to his house to talk about Jesus, he would, he would abuse his wife. He didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. She even got beat when mail from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association showed up in the mailbox. It's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, it was just mail from Billy Graham. I mean, come on. But she got in trouble because it came to her house, their house. Some people seem to hate Jesus. Hostile people will be violently opposed to Jesus. Indifferent others seem to care less about Jesus. There are those who are hostile towards Jesus, but there are others, and this group is getting bigger and bigger each day, who are indifferent towards Jesus. They just don't care. Look at verses 4 through 6. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. This is Herod saying, where, where, where is he born? And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written, by the prophet. And thou, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. What do we see here? We see obedient chief priests and scribes who tell the king what he wants to know. Where is he going to be? Where is he supposed to be born? In Bethlehem. Uh, in Bethlehem. They just tell him. They just outright just say, okay, yeah, in Bethlehem. They just say. What we do not see is an interest into knowing why the king wants to know. None of the scribes and none of these, none of them say, why do you want to know? Uh, why are you asking? There's no concern there. It's just, oh, okay, well, he's the king. I mean, we'll just tell him. It's, it, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what's going to happen. We do not see also an interest in the information themselves. He's asking where the king is going to be born. Okay, 
Why is he asking this? Do we need to be concerned about this? Has it happened? Has it occurred? They're not even asking any questions. We, don't, we see nothing in them that is saying that there is an interest in why this is even brought up by the king. There's no mention that they seem to care about the information as it pertains to them. Today, there are a growing number of people who are indifferent to Jesus. They are fine with us believing in him for salvation. Oh, that's good. It works for you. Good for you. I'm glad you found something that works for you. Great. There are people that are fine with us believing in Him for salvation. They are fine if what we believe works for us. There is no concern on their part for what we believe because they believe that each person must find his or her own truth. Just find your truth. Whatever truth is, whatever works for you. Look, there is truth. Truth is not relative. Okay? Truth is truth, and it's found in the Word of God. And, you're, and, and these people who are just, oh, well, I found what works for me. It's not working. Oh, well, I, well I, it is. Yes, it is. <sighs> They're deceived. They're deceived. Today, a growing number of people who are just not caring. In his book, Apatheism, Kyle Bashirs writes, Apatheism is the position that whether or not a God exists is just not that important of a question. That it has little relevancy. Our role in their lives is to help them to see the relevance of Christ in their lives. It is extremely important that we live holy lives before a sin-filled world so that it can see and experience the love and forgiveness of Christ. This world must be able to see on a continual basis how Jesus changes and guides our lives. This world needs to see how Jesus makes a difference in our lives. On a continual basis they need to see this. Not just every now and then. Not just every now and then a little sweet note comes. No, they need to see us living Jesus out in front of them all the time. Indifferent people will not care about Jesus. They just won't care. And that's scary to think that there's people that just don't care about Jesus. They don't care. I, uh, eh, eh. He works for you. That's great. I, I'm just kind of on my own little journey over here. The last thing. Worshiping wise men find Jesus and worship him. Look at verses 9 through 11. When they had heard the king, they departed. Aha! So they're going, they're leaving. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. So it led them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they, and then when they were come into the house, ah, the house, not a manger, the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These were men who were open to the truth. These were men, Gentile men, who were willing to accept and worship Jesus. How do we know they were Gentiles? When they asked where the king of the Jews was, I think it's kind of clear they didn't say, where is our king? They said, where is the king of the Jews? Oh, we aren't Jews, but we're asking, where is this king of the Jews? If you're an American and you ask where the president is, 
That is what you do. You, 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 where's the president? If you ask, normally we don't ask, where is the president of the United States? If you're not an American, you may ask that. Where is the president of the United States? Us, we say, where's the president? I don't know. I don't know where he is. Okay, there you go. But we don't normally say, where's the president of the United States? Unless you're in a company and the president is present in the building, all that kind of thing. You know, you get my point. Also, they would have known the scriptures, evidently did know these scriptures, which foretold that he was to be born. When they saw Jesus, their reaction was to fall down and worship him. That was their reaction. They were not indifferent. They didn't go, oh, look, a baby. <laughs> they, they said, oh, my goodness, this is him. It's Jesus. It's the Messiah, the one, the king of the Jews, born king of the Jews. Their next reaction is to give to him. And they had gifts that they brought to him. And they presented to him. So they recognized him as who he is and was and always will be. And they gave. Their reaction was to give. They came and they brought things with them because they saw this is the king of the Jews being born. This is him. We're going to give to him. Look at verse 12. And being warned. Oh, here we go. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So it, you, when you read this passage, you almost get the, the idea that these wise men who were wise men, uh, maybe they believed, okay, Herod wants to worship him, okay. You almost get the idea that they were going to go ahead and follow through here. But God intervenes and says, no, don't do that. Don't go back. Don't go to Herod. You don't need to go back. Go another way home. Just go home. It's time. It's time to go. God takes care of them and steers them away from Herod. They withdraw and God keeps them and the baby Jesus safe. What do I see here? God's plan will be carried out even in the face of opposition. God's going to do what God's going to do. And there's nothing we can do to foil his plans. We're just not that powerful. We're just not that powerful. God is going to do what God is going to do. Wise people will seek Jesus. Hostile people will be violently opposed to Jesus. Indifferent people will just not care about Jesus. Worshipful, wise people will worship him. That's my prayer, is that we will worship Him. That we will be the wise ones who seek Him. That we will not be hostile against Him. And above all, dear God in heaven, help us never to be indifferent toward Jesus. Listen, He should be part of our daily life. Oh, on Sunday, what do we do? We go worship Jesus. What do you do on Monday? Oh, well, I got all this stuff I do. I go through my week. Oh, I have a job, preacher. I, you know, I go, oh, I have all these things I need to do. That's great, but where does Jesus fit in with all of that? You're taking Jesus with you. You're taking him with you everywhere you go. Please. Let him shine, let him show, let people know. There's no, there's not a lot of time, I don't believe, left in our world 
for us to keep living our lives without saying something about what Jesus did on that cross. The world is watching, the world is looking. Who is the Savior? Who is the Savior? It's not a politician. It is not a politician. It's not a political candidate. It's not a political party. The Savior is Jesus. And you and I have got to share with others who He is. And we need to get about the business of the kingdom. Thank you for listening to the broadcast. Uh, the broadcast of the podcast, Words of Encouragement. We're so thankful you joined us today. Uh, our prayer is that you have a wonderful Christmas day. Uh, praying for you and your family. Uh, hoping that things go well, things go smoothly. Uh, also want to say, look, if you've lost a loved one this past year, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know that uh, you're grieving and it's real. it's just very difficult at this time of the year to go through a holiday without someone you love. Listen, I'm praying for you too. I want you to know that God is there. God will comfort you. Lean on Him. Lean on Him. Get, just give the situation to Him. Give yourself to Him. Allow Him to comfort you. Allow Him to bring you strength that you desperately need at this time. There is no shame in that. No shame whatsoever. We hope that uh, if you're ever close by, if you're ever uh, near Winsboro, Louisiana, that you'll just drop by. We're Listen, the church is located at 502 Highland Street, uh, and we'd love to meet you. We'd love to greet you. Uh, we'd love to know more about you. Uh, so come by and join us. Uh, listen, you can also find more information about us by going to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And uh, I think most of your questions will be answered there. If not, you can even email us from that website. Uh, you can get in contact with us through the website. So do that. Uh, let us hear from you. Uh, and just uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Words of Encouragement uh, podcast. And uh, we'll be here. We'll be here this next year as well. So uh, just looking forward uh, to a new year and what God has for us. And so you be in prayer for all of us. Be in prayer for our world as we face so many interesting and different situations. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana.